All right. Good morning, Faith Church. Hey, it is so good to, uh, to be in your homes in the middle of this uh, social distancing and self-quarantine. I just want you to know, man, we're excited to still be able to gather as a Faith Church family, to be in your home, to be on your laptop, wherever we are. I want you to know that I consider it a privilege for us to hang out, to join together as a Faith family and worship, to share God's Word together, and still continue to experience life change together. Obviously, we know that it's not just our Faith Church family that's joining us, but I imagine that there are friends and guests joining us from all over the nation and maybe all over the world. And so we want to welcome all of our Faith Church family. We want to welcome all of our guests. We still consider you a VIP. And so again, welcome, welcome, welcome. Come on to Faith Church. It's good to have you guys here. We say it every week, and we want to make sure that we say it, especially this week, that we believe that Jesus is the hope of the world. So whatever you're going through, whatever the challenge is, obviously we recognize that it's very specified, it's very personal. I want you to know that Jesus is ultimately the solution to your struggle. He's the answer to the things that we're going through. And if you'll open up your heart, maybe today, even during this message, I believe God will meet you where you are and he'll change your life in an incredible way. And uh, so before we get into the message, I want to pray. Again, I recognize that a lot of us this morning that are watching are carrying some financial challenges and some physical challenges. Uh, Not just that, I recognize that a lot of us are carrying some emotional weight of worry and fear about what's going to happen in the future, about ultimately when is this going to taper off. Some of you who are business owners and some of you who are in the medical profession, I recognize in every walk of life there are a lot of challenges, but again, we believe that Jesus is the answer. And so I just want to encourage you at home, uh, wherever you're at, man, let's pray together if you're with your family Um, I would encourage you for this one moment, maybe you grab the hand of your partner, your spouse, and let's just cry out to the God of heaven to move in this situation. So Father, we come in Jesus' name, God, thankful that, Lord, in a time of chaos and uncertainty, Father, we have a strong tower to run into. God, we have a destination, we have a place, and we have a person that we can bring our fears and our anxieties and our troubles to. And so, God, we turn to you. We pray in Jesus' name that, God, you would respond in very personal and very profound and powerful ways. Father, we pray that, God, you bring healing to the sick. Father, we pray, God, wisdom to the doctors and the nurses and the medical professionals, God, who are not just ministering to the sick, but, God, who are looking for an answer. God, we pray that you would move and that, God, you would give them that wisdom. Father, we pray, God, for those who are suffering financially, God, whose businesses are struggling, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that, God, your peace that passes understanding, God, your peace that's bigger than a budget sheet, Father, I pray in Jesus' name, God, that you just minister to our hearts. God, help us to turn to you. Father, help us to trust you. And so, God, show up in the shoals. God, show up in Middle Tennessee. Show up in our nation, and God, show up around the world. And Father, we pray, God, even in the next few minutes in your word, we pray, God, show up in this moment and speak to us in Jesus' name. Come on, and everybody at home said, amen. Well, listen, we've been in a series for the last several weeks where we're talking about this idea of on time. On time. In fact, if you have not been here, I would still encourage you, uh, you might have a little free time on your hand, to go back and listen to the first three messages in this series on time. We've talked about some things like this, that the Apostle Paul challenged us as people to redeem the time which meant that as we're given life, it's ultimately brief and life is valuable, time is important. And so we need to be careful not just to live by the minutes, but ultimately to make moments out of the minutes. And so then week two, we talked about in the nick of time, that how sometimes when we're waiting on God and sometimes we're wondering where God is at, wondering if God's going to show up, that ultimately God always shows up in the nick of time, 
where it feels that way to us, but God always has a plan, and he always has a purpose, and he always shows up. God has a time frame, and he's always faithful to it. And then last week, we talked about this idea that uh, a living BTT, behind the times in our relationship with God, that ultimately salvation and having a relationship with God, it's not Old Testament. It's not, we don't get God to love us by keeping the law, but ultimately God does love us because Jesus came and died for us. And so today I want to move in and I want to talk about this idea of FaceTime. FaceTime. In fact, I want to talk about what it means to FaceTime God. Think about this for a minute. What would it be like for us to have quick, convenient, and personal communication with the creator of the world? I mean, man, that's, that's just profound to think about, that, that ability to have that kind of level of communication. And before we get into it, think about, think about communication uh, kind of a timeline, how it's changed and evolved through history, right? There was a time if you wanted to have a conversation with somebody, you had to go to them personally. And if they were further than across the room, you had to walk to them or you had to send a runner. If you wanted to get a message to somebody, you had, again, if it was across town or if it was across country, you had to walk to that person or, again, send a runner. It was incredibly slow. But then ultimately things evolved, and then we had like the Pony Express, and things got a little bit faster, but again, it was still somebody moving faster than a runner, but on a horse, but still trying to get that message from point A to point B and from point B to point A. Things got a little bit quicker when the telegraph came on, right? Just Morse code. People were able to send messages, and it just continued to evolve and went from something that was slow to a little faster to a little faster, and then... It made it all the way to the place that there were telephones. Wasn't very convenient because you had to be by a landline, but right, it was just quick. And then all of a sudden, the evolution of cell phones showed up, and it went from being not just quick, but it was convenient. You could call anybody, anytime. But then the next step, like this huge evolutionary step came not too long ago, uh, about a decade ago, that they had FaceTime. Think about that. It wasn't just quick and it wasn't just convenient. All of a sudden, it was personal, your connection with somebody else, your ability to communicate with somebody on the other side of the world was quick, convenient, and personal. We know it's personal because I've been in some conversations on FaceTime, and maybe you've been on uh, conversations on FaceTime where the person covers up the camera with their thumb. Come on, because they don't want you in their business. I call, my, uh, I call my mom from time to time on FaceTime, and right, she does this thing where she'll only let us see her sometimes from like the nose up, and for a while, like I thought it was just, you know, she's a little bit older, and she wasn't really doing the technology thing right, but here she'd be like, Stephen, I still have my robe on. I don't want you to see me like this, right? I mean, it's like, because when you FaceTime, FaceTime is personal. You get up where somebody's at. You get in their space and in their business. And so there was a time, though, that the idea of FaceTime was a fantasy. Like, right? I mean, again, FaceTiming hasn't always been. I can remember when I was a kid, probably about fifth grade in elementary school, they used to pass out this, like, little kids, like, newspaper, usually once every couple weeks, and it would have articles on animals and whatever, you know, whatever an elementary school kid would think about. But I always remember there was a section on science, and it would sometimes talk about things that might be coming down in the future. And I remember watching and reading this one article when I was a kid that it actually said that there was going to be a time, again, I'm a kid, this is landline season, baby, that there was going to be a time that you would actually be able to video conference somebody 
They said it from your watch. From watch to watch, you could see somebody and talk to somebody. And I'll be honest, I thought, no way. FaceTime was a fantasy. But here we are, and it's the real deal. And so FaceTime's real. Here's what I want to tell you is, again, let's go back. Let me ask you this question. What would your life be like? What would happen if we could FaceTime God? If you could have, with the creator of the universe, if you could have quick, convenient, and a personal connection with God. Now, I'm going to be honest. You might be sitting at home or you might think, just like I thought, like, that's a fan- FaceTime is a fantasy. FaceTime with God is like, that's, like, I can't do that. I don't know how to do that. I don't think that's even possible. And so what I want to do is I want us to dig into a story found in Exodus 33. And I want you to just ask this question as we move through, is what is keeping you from FaceTiming God? Like, what's keeping you from getting personal? What's keeping you from connecting to the Creator? In Exodus 33, it is a story of Moses having a FaceTime with the Creator, right? Moses has this personal connection with God, and before we jump into the Scripture, I just want you to know at this point, Moses, he is the spiritual and civil leader of the nation of Israel. There is, again, if some of you watching online, you might know his story. Moses, again, was raised up to be the deliverer of the nation of Israel. It's at this point that he is, again, he is the leader He's brought the people out of Egypt. They're not in the promised land yet. But again, so he's a civil religious leader, and this is where the story picks up of a a FaceTime that Moses has with God. Watch this, Exodus 33. And it says, it was Moses' practice to take the tent of meeting and set it up some distance from the camp. And everyone who wanted to make a request of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp. And whenever Moses went into the tent of meeting... All the people would get up and stand in the entrance of their own tents, and they would all watch Moses until he disappeared inside. And as he went into the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and hover at its entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. You want to talk about a FaceTime call. I want, what I want you to see before we get too far into this is this first idea is that the Bible says that this place where Moses FaceTimed God, this place where he connected with the Creator was this tent of meeting. It was, this special, it was this special place. It was outside the camp. It was outside of the chaos. And I, I just want you to know, I think it's really incredible that we have the privilege to pray. And we can pray anywhere, anytime. But I just think it's important sometimes that we make prayer kind of an occasion, that it's a place that's set aside. I don't know if you guys have ever like done this, even though we can take phone calls anywhere, anytime. Sometimes there's so much chaos happening that I need to slip outside. Come on, you guys. And I need to get away so I can hear the phone call. I need to get away from the noise of the crowd. I need to get away from the chaos of life and tune in. And so what Moses is doing is, as a civil leader, as a religious leader, he's saying, I need to get away from the chaos of people. I need to get away from the debates and the arguing. And I need to get to a spot where I can connect with my creator. And so I would just challenge you that, and we see that we see Jesus doing this in, in Luke 5, 16. It says, but Jesus would often, everybody say often, Jesus would often withdraw to the wilderness for prayer. So we see Moses and Jesus, both kind of this idea of pulling away. And so again, I think it's wonderful that we can pray anywhere, anytime. But while you can pray anywhere, anytime, I think you should pray somewhere at some time. What I mean is I think that there should be time if we are going to FaceTime God that it needs to be this moment where maybe it's in the morning for you. Maybe it's in the afternoon for you. 
Maybe it's why you're driving down the road, but kind of you're getting away from the chaos and you're FaceTiming the creator. But watch this. This is the part that I think is, is pretty amazing in this, in this FaceTime that Moses has with God. It says this in verse 11. And inside the tent of meeting, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Now, see, when you read the Bible, sometimes you think like these like religious people and wow, that's great for them. But I, I don't know about me. Like, this is profound. Think about this idea that Moses is in God's presence. They're FaceTiming. It's, it's personal. It's right there. And I love it because it says, from friend to friend. A lot of times we think about our conversation with God or we think about our prayer with God as this, like, really religious, flaky, weird thing. If I'm with people I don't know, and, and maybe you're this way, sometimes I feel like I have to keep my guard up just a little bit. Like, I can't really be me. Like, you know, before I, before I really get close to somebody, can I really, come on, can I be raw? When, when the Bible says that Moses went into, this, went into this tent of meeting and had this FaceTime with God face-to-face as, like, friend-to-friend, like, it tells me that Moses didn't get his prayer language. When I say prayer language, like, we all know what it's like when somebody has a prayer language. Like, they start praying, and all of a sudden, they sound like somebody we've never heard before. They start talking in a language nobody talks anymore. Come on. Oh, thou heavenlieth, fathereth, aboveeth. I am just the worm below, and asked that thou would not smite thee. And it's like, wait, what? See, listen, that's, you feel like you have to put on a pretense when it's somebody you don't know. I'm telling you that when you FaceTime God, it's friend to friend. You are connected with the creator, and you can let your guard down, and you can be raw. He already knows what's in our heart. He already knows our struggles. He already knows our battle, and he wants to FaceTime you, and he wants you to FaceTime him. Come on. You might say, well, come on, Pastor Steve, that's nice, but again, that's Moses. Like, Moses can FaceTime, but, you know, you already said, Pastor, he was, he was a leader of a million people. He was a spiritual leader. I'm not a leader. I've never really figured out this prayer thing. I've never really done it well. When I do it, it's awkward. I don't know what to say. Maybe you've never tried it at all. But I want to tell you, like, listen, as we dig into this, what I want you to see is, yeah, what we're reading about Moses in Exodus 33, that's not where he started. In fact, I want us to go back, and I want us to look at the first FaceTime that Moses had, because it addresses, I think, some challenges that maybe we need to work through. There were some connection issues that he had to get through. And so check this out. Go back to his first FaceTime with God. In Exodus chapter 3, It says this, starting at verse 4. This is Moses now. He's wandering in the wilderness. He sees this crazy thing. There's a bush burning, but it's not being consumed, so that's not right. And all of a sudden, a voice starts speaking out of the bush, and it's God making the FaceTime call. By the way, God always initiates. And it says this, when the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, God called to him from the middle of the bush. Moses, Moses, here I am, Moses replied. Do not come any closer, the Lord warned. Take off your sandals, for you're standing on holy ground. I'm the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And when Moses heard this, watch this, he covered his face because he was afraid. I I just, I want you to see something else about prayer real quick is that prayer 
That prayer, when you FaceTime God, like it, it, it ought to be this, this significant moment. It ought to be this, this life-changing moment that when you pray, God said, listen, before you get in my presence, take your shoes off. What God was saying was don't get weird or don't get religious, but get ready. Get ready because something's about to happen. And I think prayer, sometimes we just don't really believe it's going to change anything. And I think we just ought to just believe that when you FaceTime the Creator, when you spend time with Christ, when you connect personally and friend to friend, I just believe that those are life-defining moments, and it's this moment that Moses' whole life took a radical change because of a FaceTime with the Creator. And again, in the middle of this, God calls him. What I want you to see, though, is in this moment, it says that he hears this voice, he knows it's God, and he's afraid. Again, I think sometimes, man, we have connection issues that create communication issues, right? There are these connection issues with God, what we think about, what we worry about, and it keeps us from communicating. And, and, and listen, I just want you to know that, that you can't hear him if you won't get near him. If you won't get near to your creator, you can't hear what he has to say. So for a few minutes, I just want to deal with some of the connection issues that I think a lot of us have because I believe with all of my heart, whoever you are, wherever you're at, whatever your background, whatever you're going through, I'm talking about in the middle of a pandemic, God wants to FaceTime you. God wants to spend time with you. God wants to connect with you. Come on. And so we're just going to figure out how to deal with our connection issues. And so you may not have all these. Maybe you have one and we're just going to tackle them because this is what we see happen in the first FaceTime that Moses has with God. Check this out. If you're taking notes, you can write these down. The first connection issue is condemnation. Condemnation, that, that feeling like you're not enough. In fact, as Moses is kind of in this FaceTime with God in verse 11, I want you to notice the question that Moses poses. That's on purpose. Moses poses. Come on. That's funny at home. I don't care what you say. But Moses, watch this, in this conversation, in this FaceTime, it says, but Moses protested to God. Come on, say these three words with me. Who am I? Come on at home. Who am I? Have you ever felt that way? Who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? See, the feeling of condemnation, the feeling that you're not enough, the feeling that God doesn't care about you, the feeling that you're not good enough to pray, the feeling that God doesn't care about you, the feeling that God will never listen to you, right? That feeling is expressed in that question that sometimes we ask ourselves, who am I? Like, who am I? What's crazy about Moses in this point when he has his first FaceTime with God is I want you to know that he's having some, he just had some failure issues. Right, just before this, we find that he murdered somebody and was on the run. He not only had failure issues, but he had identity issues. He wasn't sure, am I a Hebrew? Am I an Egyptian? An Egyptian? He, was, he was raised in an Egyptian home, but he was, he was a Hebrew by blood, and he was just confused about his identity. He had some purpose issues. He thought he was supposed to be someone really important, and now he's nobody. He's a shepherd. What I'm telling you is that maybe you're, maybe you're here and like you are watching and you feel like you got some identity issues. I, I don't know, about, I don't know what, about what I think about God. I'm not sure who I am. Maybe you got some failures in your background and you feel like there's no way God wants to connect with you because of your failures. And maybe you feel like, man, I'm trying to dial God and I just keep getting like, you know, no signal. And I just want you to know, man, I just believe with all of my heart that God wants us to deal with the question of who am I? When you look... Again, and you hear people today talk about 
like who we are as people. And they'll give us this big cosmological picture that makes us feel so insignificant. Like they'll tell us like this, and some of you have heard this, that you're just a speck on the planet. Seven billion people, you're just a speck on this planet. And this planet is just a speck in this solar system. And this solar system is just a speck in this galaxy. And this galaxy is just a speck in this universe. So like, come on, we're a, we're a speck forth removed. Like you're a speck on a speck in a speck of a speck. And while you might feel like that because people cosmologically are saying that's all you are, I want you to know that's not who God sees you as. God doesn't see your failures. He don't see your identity issues. Your identity is clear to Christ. You are called by God, created by God, chosen by God. God sent his son to die for you. He filled us with his spirit. He gave us his presence. Come on, listen. We need to stop allowing ourselves to be defined by what we feel, the condemnation the world wants to heap on us, what our past is chirping to us about, and we need to figure out who we are, that I'm God's kid, and he wants to connect with me because he's my creator. Come on. Another thing I think, another connection issue that we wrestle with. Maybe you wrestle with, who am I? I hope you know who you are. Second connection issue is intimidation. Intimidation. Listen to this. It says, but Moses, so here's again, Moses having this FaceTime with God, and God is calling him to something really significant, and it says this, but Moses protested if I go to the people of Israel and tell them, come on, look at the person next to you at home and say them, the God of your ancestors has sent me to you. They will say to me, what is his name? Then what should I tell them? Everybody say them. Everybody say they. I feel like, unfortunately, the reason some of us have connection issues is because we're struggling under the sway of they. Right, the sway of they, where we're influenced by what people think about us, FaceTiming our creator. I, I remember when, again, I first started going to church, wasn't saved yet, and, you know, going with a Christian family. My girlfriend at that time was a Christian. Her whole family, they were all Christians. And so, like, I was doing the church thing with them, and, you know, you know this. If you're going to church, you're going out to eat after church. Come on. I know some of you, that's what you're missing the most in this season is going out. But we would go out, and I remember, like, again, I'm, I'm new to church, like, not raised in church, and we would go to a restaurant, and the food would show up. It was always funny that you never pray over the bread. I don't know what that means, but, but when the food comes, like, when the main, like, we would pray, and I, when I say we, I wasn't praying yet, and I remember the whole family, like, we would bow our heads in a restaurant, and I'd be like, like, I'd be one-eyeing it, because honestly, I was embarrassed because I was thinking about what's everybody thinking, and I was thinking two things, pray quieter and pray quicker, because this is weird. Come on, I was under the sway of they. I cared about what everybody else was thinking. And I think sometimes the reason we have connection issues that create communication issues is because we're concerned about what everybody else is going to think about us. People are going to think you're weird because you pray, or people are going to think you're flaky because you pray, or people are going to say you're, you're weak because you have to pray. I, um, sometimes I'll read news articles, and often before I get to the news article, I'll, I'll just jump right down to the comments. And one of the things that I see happen all the time is in our society and culture is that during a time of crisis like we're in now, this just happened with our president, but it happens all the time. When there's some kind of natural disaster or some kind of emergency, oftentimes you'll find political figures will put something out through Twitter or some kind of announcement saying, hey, I'm offering prayer or let's pray together. 
And what I find crazy is that there's always these, always these people, it's always the they and always the them, they're going to come in and say, listen, we don't need to pray, we need to act. We don't need to pray, we need to do something about it. Almost trying to shame us out of prayer. And I just want you to know something. Listen, while there are some things we need to, need to do during the pandemic, while there are some wise decisions we need to make, while we're believing medical professionals are going to make some, some really healthy and strong decisions that are going to help get us through this, I want you to know that there is no tower we can run to that's stronger than Jesus. There is no place we can go to that's better than him. There's no person we can take our cares and our worries and our concerns to. Listen, I want you to know something. We got to wrestle through this question that's holding us back. This connectivity issue that's creating communication issues is we're always wondering, like, what do they think? What are, what are, what's the them? And some of us got some them and some they that's holding us back from what God has for us. We got to deal with the they. We got to get out from underneath the sway of they. Don't allow them to keep you from him. I just want you to know if you're new to church and new to Jesus and new to spiritual things, I get it, man. Sometimes it's I get it. Sometimes it feels foreign. Sometimes praying feels odd. If you're around people that don't pray at all, it feels like, well, I need to make them happy. I just want you to know, listen, that's one of your connection issues that's keeping you from connecting. We just need to get past that because God wants to FaceTime you. The third connection issue that I think a lot of people face is confusion. Confusion. Confusion is expressed in this thought, who is God? Right? We wrestle with, who am I? Who, is, who am I that God cares about me? Who are they? What do they think? And we, a lot of times we wrestle like, who is God? Notice what Moses and God in this conversation says in verse 14. And God replied to Moses to this answer. He was asking this question like, who do I say sent me? God replied to Moses, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Everybody say, I am. Did you know that's God's name? Isn't that crazy? God reveals himself. He says, I am. What he's saying is, I'm constant. I'm eternal. I've always been and I'll always be. This is who I am. I'm always present. I'm always with you. I'm never changing. I'm always the same. You can count on me. You can take me to the bank. I'm not going to be, come on, I'm not going to be finicky one day. I'm not going to take your call one day and not pick up your call the next. I'm not going to be happy with you one day and mad the next. Come on, God is constant. God is eternal. God never changes. And that's why when we make the FaceTime call, he will always pick up because he is I am. And like, I think probably the most profound word, really it's a letter, as God reveals himself to Moses, is is I. God says, I'm an I. In a world of this multiplicity of religions, some people who aren't even religious, who would acknowledge themselves as agnostic, what they're saying is like, maybe there's this impersonal spiritual force Maybe there's something driving karma. Maybe there's something making this big, uh, this big universal clockwork, but it's impersonal. And God says, no, I'm an I. I just want you to know that you can pick up and you can have FaceTime with God because he's personal. He, he's, he, come on, he's not a T-shirt. He's not a bumper sticker. He's not a song. He's not a statue. He's not a building. He's not a list of doctrines. He's not a baptismal tank. He is the God of the universe, and he is a he. He is personal, and he wants to connect with his creation. 
And sometimes we wrestle with, God, who are you? And when you don't figure that out, it creates a connectivity issue. And more than just that he's personal, I think it's really cool is that there's this verse in Jeremiah, and God, God says this, and it's, it's really cool. He says, he says, am I not just a God? I'm not just a God who's near. I'm a God who's far away. And you're like, what does that mean? What God is saying is, I'm not just close to you. I'm far from you. You say, how's that possible? Because God is everywhere. But really what he's saying is, is I'm close enough to you to be personal, but I'm big enough to be powerful. Like whatever you're struggling with, God says, I'm close enough to be personal, but I'm big enough. Like I'm transcendent to be powerful. We find when Jesus taught us to pray, he taught his disciples, he said this, he said, when you pray, pray this way, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And that's where we get the term, this idea that Jesus introduced us to, that God is our, watch this, he's our heavenly Father. He's not just close like a father, but he's powerful. He's in heaven. He's bigger than what's going on on planet Earth. Come on, he's bigger than a pandemic. He's bigger than anything you're facing, and he wants to connect with you, but you got to know who he is, that when you go to him, you know who you are. It doesn't matter what other people think, and you know who God is, that he's personal, and he cares about you, and he can have a FaceTime moment with you. The fourth connection issue, real quick, is discouragement discouragement. Like, what's the point of praying to a God that can't do anything about it? Right? I mean, what's the point of praying about your situation or your challenge or your issue if God can't do anything? What you find is, right, discouragement's expressed in this idea. Is that possible? Listen to what Moses, again, says in this conversation with God. God's trying to send him to do something really profound. But Moses, verse 10, pleaded with the Lord, oh, Lord, I'm not very good with words. Everybody read these next four words. He says, I never have been, and I'm not now. Even though you've spoken to me, I'm tongue-tied, and my words get tangled. God was saying, listen, I'm trying to send you to be a spokesperson to Pharaoh. I've got a purpose for your life. And he was looking at his FaceTime call with God, and he's like, God, that's, that's never going to happen. I've never been good with words, and I'm never going to be good with words. Have you ever said the word never? I'll never change. It'll never get better. Or if you ever use the word, the other word outside of never is always. I'm always going to be this way. I'm always going to struggle. I'm always going to be broke. I'm always going to be hurting. I'm always going to struggle with depression. Listen, here's what's crazy what you need to hear. Remember, remember God introduced himself as the one who never changes? What I want you to hear today is while God never changes, you can. While God is the one who is always constant, I want you to know our situations can change, our struggles can change, our habits can change, our attitude can change, our personality. Come on, God can do something significant in our purpose and our attitude. Come on, listen, there's nothing outside of God himself, come on, that can't change. God, who's unchanging, can change anything at any time, at any moment. Come on, listen, some of you are like, what's the point of praying? It's because God can fix it, because God can heal it. Because God, why should we pray right now? I mean, is it really, come on, pastor, is it really a point in FaceTiming with God right now? Yeah, because we need peace that this world can't give us. See, the them and the they, again, sometimes we look to, they can't give you what you need anyways. The peace that we need, they can't give me. The provision we need when my business is shut down, when my income isn't coming in, Listen, God is our provider. God is our strength. God is our hope. God is our joy. Come on. That's why we can go to him because he's the one who can change 
anything. And so what's your connection issue? What's the thing that's keeping you from FaceTiming your creator? Is it because you don't, you don't know who you are? Is it because maybe you don't know who he is? Is it because you don't think God can do anything about what you're struggling with? Here's what's crazy is some of the things, some of those questions that we're wrestling through, those connection issues, like those are the things. What's crazy is those, those things that are hindering us from prayer are answered in prayer. I'm just saying, when you spend time with God, you start to figure out who you are. When you spend time FaceTiming, you start to figure out, like, I matter to God. God hears me. God connects with me. When you start praying and you start connecting with the Creator, when you start FaceTiming the Savior, you start figuring out how big He is because God starts moving in your life. And so it's funny, some of the, some of the connection issues that you wrestle with and sometimes I wrestle with, I'm just telling you they're answered in prayer. Have you, ever, have you ever tried to explain an experience to somebody? Like try to explain using words an experience to somebody who's never had the experience. Like try it. Like not now, but try to explain to somebody who's never had peanut butter what peanut butter is like. Like explain what peanut butter tastes like to someone who's never had peanuts or peanut butter. Like you can't do it. Here's one. Explain what it's like to be in love. Oh, come on. I'm about to get romantic. Explain the feeling. Come on, is it, some of you, anybody in this place, you ever been in love? Like when you feel in love, like it feels like joy and pain and death and anxiety and like it's this, this wave of all these crazy. How do you explain the feeling of love to somebody who's never been in love? Like there are some things you just can't, you can't put verbiage to. There are some things you just can't explain. There are some things that words don't do it justice. I, um, I had never gotten a massage uh, for years, had opportunities. People, hey, I'm going to get a massage. You want to go? And I'm like, mm. Like, I was just out on the massage idea. I, and I, it's my own personal issue. If, you're, if, you know, if you do this for a living, go ahead. But, like, I didn't want a guy rubbing on me, and I didn't want a girl rubbing on me. I didn't really want anybody <laughs> rubbing on me. So I was like, no, I'm good. And so people would try to talk me into it. Oh, it's amazing. You, you, you know, like deep tissue massage, like it'll get knots out. It'll deal with stress. And like I carry some stress, but I'm like, oh, it just, it just sounded weird. It, it like made me uncomfortable to think about. But again, people would try to use all of these words to try to talk me into getting a massage. Oh, it feels great. You're so relaxed when it's over. Well, I'm just going to tell you probably about five years ago, I finally went and got my first massage, mm. and I, I found, like, kind of this, this girl, and, she, you know, she was, man, she was crushing me with those elbows and rubbing knots out, and when it was finally over, like, my first massage, I didn't have words for it either. It was amazing, like, and I've gotten, like, now we go once a year. Now, I don't go a lot, but like once a year I've been back. And I'm just telling you, trying to, someone trying to explain to me what a massage was like, I was out until I got a massage. And for real, the relaxation and dealing with tension and loosening you up. And come on, like it's, you can't put words to it. What I'm telling you is like prayer is exponentially so. You can talk about prayer. I can talk to you about connecting with your creator. I can tell you that God wants to talk to you. I can tell you that, that you're going to find breakthrough. I can tell you that you start finding out who you are when you fight, FaceTime God. I can, start, I can tell you that you can start figuring out who God is when you FaceTime God. 
I can tell you all that, but those words don't do it justice. If you're taking notes, we need an experience, not an explanation. It's so why I'm doing the best I can to give you like some, some connection issues that might be holding you back. I'm just telling you, if you'll take time, especially in this season, while you got some free time, maybe sitting at home because you can't work, if you can find a spot just to get away and connect with your creator, have confidence that he wants to hear from you, have confidence it doesn't matter what anybody else says, if nobody else believes in prayer, have confidence that he's a God who hears you and wants to get near you. And have some confidence that he can change anything that you're about to bring his way. I'm just telling you, there are no words to explain what happens in moments of prayer. But this conversation was a defining FaceTime moment in the life of Moses. And it changed everything. Just one conversation. What would happen in your life and what would happen in my life if we made FaceTiming God a daily priority? I'm just telling you, our lives would change in a profound way. And so whatever's holding you back is probably coming from somewhere besides God because you're his kid. He's your savior and your creator. What people say really don't matter. It's ultimately what he says. And again, he can address any issue and any challenge in our life. I want to close with Philippians 4. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and verse 7. Again, as we kind of get past the connection issues, of who we are, who God is, of what they say and what's possible. I want you to know we can experience some serious face time with God. Listen to what Paul says, this last scripture. He says, don't worry about anything. Well, like, what do I do with my worry? What do I do when you're stressed, when you're anxious, your fears, your doubts? What do you do with them? He says, don't worry about anything. Come on, I want everybody here to read it. If you're home, I want you to read this out loud with me. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for what he's done. I, now, I love this. He says, tell God what you need. It's like, it's like the apostle Paul saying, no, it's okay. Tell God what you need. Take him your needs. Take him your struggles. Take him your issues. Take him your opportunities. Like bring it to God and have this confidence that he's going to do something about it. But don't get so caught up in what he's going to do that you forget what he's already done. Come on, how many people here know that he's been good to us? He's already been our savior. He's already filled us with his presence. Come on, he's already been good. But God's not finished with his plan and purpose in your life that we access through FaceTime. And then he says this, if we will not worry about anything, instead pray about everything, tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done, then you will experience. Again, it's not an explanation. How do you explain peace? Can't explain it, but you can experience it. You can experience peace. Then you'll experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So, you know, this was always the plan to finish up this series with FaceTime, but I just feel like, man, it's such a strategic time for us as, as God's people, for us as people who may be wrestling with faith to really hear the challenge that you can connect with your creator, that you can have a relationship with God, that you can really pray, and it might feel like it's something that's far out. It might feel foreign, but if you'll start walking through just getting some time and carrying your needs and your struggles to God. I believe God will speak back, and I believe God will give his peace, and God will change situations. It will be moment-marking minutes in your life if you'll give him an opportunity. And so if you're at home and you're struggling with some of those connection issues, maybe yours is intimidation, maybe 
Maybe it's, uh, maybe it's the, like the intimidation of you know, other, what other people think. Maybe it's the discouragement. Maybe it's doubt, whatever it is. I want to pray for you that God will help you work through your connection issues so you can establish communication with your creator. So, Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, for, again, this incredible privilege. God, right here to do this in this moment, God, to bring our needs. And so, Father, I pray for every individual, every family, every group watching online. God, there's some people that have been wrestling with this idea. Can I really pray? Will God really hear me? Can God really do anything about it? And I pray, Father, that we, were in a, we can see how Moses went from one moment with God to, because of these moments, became used in profound ways by you. And it all goes back to those moments with you. And so, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that, God, we would work through our connection issues, that we would start having communication time with our Creator. And, God, I pray in Jesus' name that those moments would mark us in this season and in every season to come. In Jesus' name. And everybody agrees, said amen. Hey, listen, just real quick, I want to challenge you with something we're doing um, for the next 21 days, starting tomorrow, starting Monday. I'm going to release about a three-minute video every day tackling just a key topic. And we're going to talk about doubt and fear. We're going to talk about judgment. We're going to talk about all kinds of things. And I want to encourage you to check out our social media platforms because with each of these three-minute videos, I'm not just going to give you information and scripture, but it's going to give you a prayer point. It's going to give you something to carry to God about maybe what's happening in your life or what's happening in our culture. And you can begin to work into being a person of prayer as you FaceTime God every day. So make sure you look for that. Let's join together and we'll believe God to do great things. And before we tune out, I want to make sure every person watching has an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. Like that's where the first connection happens is God reached out to us. See, I'm not telling you to reach out to God. I'm telling you God reached first. We're just reaching back. Ultimately, God does love you no matter where you've been, no matter what you've gone through, no matter what decisions you make, no matter what failures you've ever faced. God loves you so much that he sent his son on a rescue mission to lay his life down to make you his. And so I just want to make sure that you have an opportunity just to say yes to Jesus. And so wherever you're at, if you've never given your life to Jesus, you've never opened your heart to his grace. It's just a real simple way of just saying, yeah, I need forgiveness. And so I want to just encourage you one more time to bow your heads and your hearts. And if you want to say yes to Jesus, if you want him to be your savior, if you want to become his kid, all you got to do is say a simple prayer like this. Jesus, I put all of my hope in you. I ask you to forgive me for my struggles and battles and failures and sin. I believe you're my savior. I believe you love me enough that you came to die for me. And so help me to put my trust in you. Be my savior today and help me to follow you the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, listen, if you happen to pray that for the very first time, you can text ALIVE, A-L-I-V-E, to 97000, and we're going to connect with you and help you in your spiritual journey. God bless you guys, man. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next Sunday, same service times, and we're going to keep on connecting as long as we have opportunity. Whether we have to do it digitally or in person, we're going to keep on being the church. God bless you guys.